0: Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, hostess with the mostest, matcha snob, and unapologetically bad at small talk. Seriously, tell me about your childhood. And I'm Joan Connichon, queen of messy conversations, skincare junkie, and highly allergic to bullshit. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where together we'll navigate the vital conversations that lift shame and shift paradigms. Our deepest desire is to normalize rewriting the narratives women have been taught about pleasure, money, power, sexual expression, and self-sovereignty. So join us each week for unfiltered, raw dialogue that educates, empowers, and hopefully entertains, or at the very least, makes the hard topics feel a little safer.
1: By the way, when we say women, we are speaking to humans who identify with their divine feminine nature, non-binary royalty, our sacred sluts, the matriarch and the rising, and those of us who are still, well, trying to figure our shit
0: out. Hey, Hey, it's me, Kristen, you guys, it's been such a long time. And I want to start by saying that, no, we have not ghosted you. I know there was a long span where no new content came out. No one said anything. You might be thinking, is it me? It's not you. It's us, it's life, (laughs) it's real. And we're moving on. We are coming back with a third season, kicking off early 2022, sometime in January. And I just wanted to come in and give you guys a little bit of an update and let you know where Joe and I are, what season three is going to look like, and just kind of like fill in what's been going on. So as we've shared on socials and things, if you guys are following individually, Joe is still navigating the twists and turns of a divorce. She has her kids living in her house. She is in school doing a lot of really deep beautiful transformative continued education for her sex and relationship coaching certification uh, i am raising a wild woman toddler we've had transition in child care I'm married, you know, I don't know if you guys forget about Mike, I have a husband, I also have a business working full time supporting incredible women, femmes, queens in owning and healing their sexuality. And it can just get to be a lot. So do not mistake our lack of podcast content as a lack of love. We have just been in the life swirl. And here's where we are today, I am feeling so deeply energized and connected and turned on by my work in the world by this space of sacred sexuality and healing trauma and breaking down barriers, shattering, dissolving shame, shifting paradigms, all of the things, and I feel just this resurgence of creative energy coming back for the first time in a long time. And I'm really excited to pour that into the podcast to bring that right back here to Nothing Confidential. And Joe, my work wife, a love of my life, podcast co-host, she is not going anywhere, but she is prioritizing her mental health and her physical nourishment and rest in this season and what that looks like right now is her deciding to take a a sabbatical what she calls a soul sabbatical which means going offline and really focusing inward for several months i don't have an exact end date on that but We, of course, continue to be intimately involved in each other's personal lives. And so we had a discussion about what she needed and what that looked like. And so for right now, that looks like her taking a break from the podcast. She is not leaving, she is returning at a date that is to be determined only by her whenever that feels good. And I'm really excited to continue holding space, being in communion with all of you while also honoring her needs during this time. And as women, I think we struggle so much when it comes to prioritizing rest because of that deep conditioning we have to earn our belonging and to earn our validity through productivity like that has been programmed into us. It's like we are what we give or what we bring and generate. And so I think it is a radical act to prioritize rest, even when that feels inconvenient to people, even when that feels scary, even when it feels like the unpopular choice. I think it's so powerful to model rest and self-care and stillness and space for integration and for healing. So we are sending Jo love and honor, and we are celebrating her during this time. And I just want to give you a little bit of a a breakdown of our vision for season three. So season two was different from season one. Season one launched in January of 2020. None of us knew what the fuck was coming down the pipe at that moment. We were all starry eyed and full of hope. And I was just a couple of weeks away from giving birth to my daughter, James, and It was such a powerful manifestation of the creative flow, like moving through my body during that time. And I loved every single minute. And I feel like that first season is so special and it was so powerful and it was nothing I've ever done before. And to connect with all of you in such meaningful ways through that was phenomenal. And then season two came in and she like had a little bit of a glow up and Joe joined me in this collective vision for sexual liberation for women everywhere. And just the the shared, the experience, the lived experiences and her unique lens, her power, her voice, she contributed and brought so much to season two. And just going from a one-person, one-woman show to a two-woman show, that was a shift, and we really did our best to go with the flow, kind of let you guys know what was happening as it was happening. We started out with, you know, a podcast episode a week and then realized that we could not sustainably hold on to that, and so then we went to one per month or like two a month. And that didn't uh, feel sustainable either just in the season that we were in. And so we just keep trying things in in order to support ourselves and where we are in our life right now, because we want to normalize doing what works for you and not doing what everybody else is doing. I know that I, you know, one of the big things that almost kept me from starting a podcast was everyone saying how important it was that you're consistent and that you show up. And if you can't be consistent, then you better not even try. And I just decided that I wasn't gonna subscribe to that. That didn't work for me. And I think it's more important to show up authentically and in alignment with where you are and to not betray yourself. So I have decided that because this matters to me and it's so important to me, I am going to keep working on formatting this show until I find that sweet place that is energetically perfect for me and for Joe and for any other collaborator collaborators who we bring in to co-create with us. And so season three, we're experimenting and we're trying something new. We're formatting, reformatting again. So season three, we are going to launch monthly episodes. So there will only be 12 episodes released in all of 2022. We are going to drop them once a month. And the reason we're doing that is to A, create more space and capacity. And B, I want to be so deeply intentional about the conversations that we're having. And the people that we're speaking to and it felt exciting and juicy and gave me so much sensation to imagine sitting down and dreaming up the. 12 individuals that I wanted to talk to that are really going to make an impact for the entire year or the 12 topics that I feel like we really need to get into that we haven't had the chance to deepen yet. And I also want the time and the space to really honor each of the guests and each of the topics, because when you're releasing content every single week or even every other week, it can feel very much like in our case, whenever if we if we missed the day, if we missed the episode launch day, or you know, if your kid is sick or you didn't sleep last night cause they're not sleeping or something came up and you missed your day on social media, that person who took their time and shared their story and their experiences and their heart with you on the show, they get the short end of the stick because, you know, barely any time was spent promoting their episode and that conversation and the wisdom and the, you know, amazing insights that they brought before you have to get into gear to release the next episode. And so it just, it felt too fast paced. It felt like I couldn't spend time with the content or the guest. And I I don't love that. It hasn't, hasn't been jiving with me. So we are going to try this new approach in order to just really allow ourselves the opportunity to marinate in all of the magic that we're creating with each super duper dialed in intentional conversation. And some of the topics that are on deck for next season is miscarriage and death and female billionaires, and attraction and nervous system, divorce, rest, to name a few. So I hope that you guys are excited. I cannot convey the depth of my gratitude for those of you who have just like risen to the occasion, you have ridden the ride with us. You have hung in there. You continue sharing and showing up and downloading and subscribing. And you guys, with everything that's happened, let it be a testament of love, you know, between us and our community. Our little show has over twenty thousand downloads. Like that's that's huge. That's not small. This is not like a little this isn't a podunk podcast anymore you guys like we're we're in the leagues like we're a force to be reckoned with and i expect to see those numbers rise i expect to see our conversations reach further and further as we are more and more intentional and in deeper alignment with what feels really timely and supportive and nourishing so yeah i think that's i think that's all i have for right now um this is a little extended you know this is extended for an intro i wanted to do that update and then i wanted to share this conversation it's the last conversation that joe and i recorded together with our stunning and incredibly powerful guest vanessa Cuccia. she is the founder and CEO of Chakrabs, And if y'all don't know what that is, you're about to, so I won't spoil that. Um, But she is such a potent multifaceted creatrix. She is a, a creator. She is a singer. She's a musician. She's an actress. She's an inventor. She's a healer. She's so powerful. This is one of the most dynamic humans that I've ever had the opportunity to have a conversation with. And just her grace and her energy throughout this conversation, her vulnerability, her willingness to share so openly about seasons that were really transformative, but also painful and traumatizing. And to allow us a peek into what it looks like to really, create a life and a business from the seat of feminine power and pleasure and sexual turn on. And I cannot tell you just how fulfilling and lovely this conversation was. I hope you guys get as much out of it as we did. And I will leave you to it. Please continue connecting with us, tagging us. Um, We're coming back, man. We're coming back. We love you. We appreciate you. Enjoy this episode. I will talk to you soon. (laughs) Let me go ahead and just get get right into it, you know, because I feel like, you know how everybody kind of, especially in like the nineties, you would go to your friend's house and it's a very cookie cutter suburban, you know, on the end of a cul-de-sac and you're walking through and there's like pictures of bowls of fruit and then the family photo and matching pajamas. And then if you were lucky enough to get directed to like the mom's bathroom off of her walk-in closet for those families with money, there was always like a naked or boudoir photo of her in her bathroom. And you're like, that woman is trying to stay in touch with that piece of herself, but she is not fully integrated. And I'm All like, right. nah, man, like put me in the Jaguar skin and put it over like the hearth so that when everyone walks in, it's just my tits. I'm like, yeah, you're yeah, in my home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Absolutely. man, like a full on
1: hallway of ass of my yeah, ass. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. 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 That would be, that would be yeah. the ass pass. <laughs> the ass <passage>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, Vanessa, we are so excited to have you. Thank you. This is our, our maybe third time's the charm. And we so appreciate there has been so much life and so many like, Hey girl, like family emergency, we have to reschedule. And we're just so grateful for the flexibility and the grace and the space. And (laughs) of course, that is how we roll around here at nothing confidential where we don't follow any kind of format for anything. (laughs) And, and that being said, we don't even, we don't really give them formal intros anymore. We just kind of yeah. jump off the deep end because we're all having a conversation and hanging out and we want them to, to get the juice and the potency of that. Perfect. So we're just going to dump you guys right in. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the couple things, Joe and I were laughing about this. We're like, <laughs> this is a little bit of a blind conversation because while we know your brand, which I'm so excited to share with everyone, because Joe and I both have like individual and separate journeys with the brand itself, which is shock rubs for anyone who does not know. You're about to, Um, but like Vanessa, the woman, we don't know that much about even even our light stalking has not turned up. Like we w- we kind of wanted to do it in real time, so we decided on purpose to come in here. Without digging up everything we could find on Google and just like experience you in the present, and we're so excited to do that. So welcome and yeah. thank you.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: it's funny because I remember the first time I discovered chakras, my partner actually gave me um, a yoni egg, mm-hmm. and it was the sweetest thing because he gave me this yoni egg before he was going on his like year long around the world traveling situation, the sweetest Mm. note. And he was like, I hope that um, by, by me carrying this, I've infused some of my masculine energy so that I'm closest to where your power lies. And I'm like, Damn, okay. Okay,
2: okay. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be like written. We need to- <laughs> we need a testimonial
0: <laughs> for the homepage. It's like
2: please. he needs to sound like copy for Hallmark cards, but <laughs> instead of like Hallmark cards, it's like the note that like, you know, men can give with their, their gifts of
1: the
0: yoni. Totally, totally. Like erotic like, hallmark. It's like yes, your, the halls of your vagina cards. Yeah, because
1: that's good. the halls of your that's vagina good. cards. Mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. one. I love that one. I mean, yeah. it's it's been such a beautiful. I, I it's been such a beautiful journey for myself mm-hmm. being introduced to chakras because I remember also the first time I bought my pleasure wand. I was like ecstatic about it. I was playing with crystals for maybe several years now, and then I was like, "Wait, I can find crystals. I can put up my pussy, and I can change my entire experience." And it has been such a beautiful spiritual practice mm-hmm. when I use chakras for my own self pleasure ritual. And you know, t- sharing with clients or sharing online about my experience with chakras, the first thing they're always saying is like, "I can't believe you're putting something hard." In your pussy and not yeah. like a silicone toy. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing I say is like the most powerful thing I feel like when I'm using a pleasure wand or using one of the toys from Chakrubs is I actually can feel the like innate primal power of my pussy. Yeah. And that's something I can't get from a silicone dildo or a vibrator or any of that. And it's such a sacred time that I get to spend with myself so intimately. So you being here, it's like, mm. oh my God, you're making my whole oh, it's body like star. Tingle. Yeah, it's a little, we're a little,
0: we're a little starstruck. We definitely are. And I, I love that joke because I hadn't actually heard that about the egg. Like you were, you were mm. on to your second Viper by the time I met you and yeah. already broken one. So, you know, these, and not that that happens easily. That just speaks more to Joe than the product. I um, think to the guys more than Joe. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> my, my journey was a little bit different. I'll try to recap it really fast. It's just so funny to think about like listening to you, Joe, it brought up the, the twirly like way mm. that I got, got to shock that I found. Yeah. Rubs. And that was because many years ago, and I'm sure both of you will probably recognize the name. Like I was very obsessed with, um, Kim Anami and like all mm. of her Yoni, like power lifting essentially, and like lifting shit with her vagina. And I was like, what the hell? And so I had invested in, <laughs> Some like jade eggs, literally straight from like Googled it and was like, here's some jade eggs and ordered them. And, you know, like that was my first kind of foray into, you know, putting crystal of any kind or a stone like inside of my body. And when they came, I was like, I don't feel like this is how it's supposed to feel. Like they have a nylon like loop in it to make sure it doesn't get lost in my vagina. And like, you know, but I was like 22 and didn't know what the fuck. So, you know, fast forward start learning more about that, learning more about wands and all of these things. And this is all before I even began my journey as a somatic sex coach. And so then when I went into that, like I knew so much more about stones and their qualities. And so when I started having clients use Yoni wands for vaginal dearmoring specifically, I really wanted them to be intentional. And so many of the women that I serve are, are coming from a background of, trauma and shame and all of these different aspects, which were sometimes very triggered by the traditional, like bright green dildo that vibrates, you know, it's like, it's like porny and kind of crass and like nobody likes those. They're like, I don't want that near me. And these wands, they were art. I mean, they were so beautiful Mm. and I had been looking for a new one for myself and I was, you know, just, I had, there had been a little company I'd been using and they were having some supply chain issues and got complicated. And so I started looking around and I found shock rubs really quickly. And I was just going through the site And you guys just spent so much time on the education, on the qualities and the properties. And I felt like that was so different than anything that I had seen before. And that really empowered me to prompt my clients and say, Hey, like we're going in through this portal to work with something that's so tender. And so based on what we're working with, we're wanting to be so intentional and set these intentions. And so I would have them go to your site. And I would say, I want you to look through and I want you to go to the one that you feel called to, whether it's the appearance or the vibe. And then I want you to read the qualities. And I don't want you to pick based on, you know, the color or the price or whatever. Like I want you to be intentional about what you're seeking to heal, have that in the forefront and then find the qualities that support that. And so it has been this very holistic, beautiful integration of so many different modalities and then exactly to what joe was saying it brings such a sacredness to it and so when we and i know we both do this in varying ways with with our 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 crew Is we have them, you know, focus on reclaiming the sacredness of self pleasure, and this was like bringing in a tool that a priestess would use and fucking yourself open to the cosmos. So it's like you do that with a crystal wand, and so we, yeah, like that's that's kind of that's the roundabout. That's how I came to it. And so not only just for me, and I, I don't think I've ever shared this story publicly on a podcast before. The first one I bought was the black obsidian, the original black obsidian, and. I was drawn to it because I felt that I was experiencing energetic ties to a lover, like a really um, significant lover who I had a very passionate, very deep, sexual, passionate relationship with. And I felt that our erotic bodies were still tied together, even years after we broke up to the point where I would have. Really intense, beautiful, transformative, like life changing sex with my now husband. And that night I would summon him. Like I would, he would, I would dream about this ex. And it was so annoying you guys to like <laughs> have great sex with your actual partner and be like, oh my God, I feel so close to you. And so in love with you. And that was so amazing. And then you go to sleep and you dream about your most significant ex. You're like, how fucked up is that? Like, what is going on? And the only thing that came to me kind of intuitively was that he was literally like stirring a pot where there was some energy and some ties and things and so I was drawn to the obsidian because they called it like the bodyguard of, you know, it's like, it's good for boundaries and like protection and all these things. And I was like, well, I want to like seal up that, like, let's get that. Yeah. And so I started using it in my own de-armoring practice to release that. And I stopped having dreams about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I love that so much. That's so interesting. And yeah, hearing both of your experiences, first of all, that's like my, it's like, I, I like revel in hearing these stories so much um and it's it's so funny because I do feel like as much information and education I put out I still kind of like to still be behind the curtain so to speak like Wizard of Oz and then like at the end of the road it's like you actually had the power in you this whole time it's mm-hmm. you and so it's like everybody is so different and that is you know the the main uh the main component of like any teaching with with chakras that I'm that I intended to produce with the, with the company, with the brand is that it's you, it's, it's, you don't need this. You don't need this to do any of the things that you said, but like, we like tools and everything, but it's all from you. So it's so like, it's so beautiful when I hear um, people that have these experiences and really just from purchasing a chakra they just open up that portal to like these discover these things on their own and also it's like the crystals themselves are such like conscious beings that they like they you know I believe that they are already yours before they find themselves Mm -hmm. to you so it's like they already know what's in store
0: for you and they're there to help you along your path so like they and choose you they, they like put out you know, the signal and you kind mm-hmm. of are you respond to that
2: the wand chooses the wizard for mm-hmm. harry Potter fans but yes. yeah it's, <laughs> it's um it's true and i think that um you know it is like what you said reminding people of the sacredness of it um however for me too it's like that doesn't have to be it either you know just to like or what people might think of or what images people might conjure up when you say the word sacred to me it's like everything is sacred Mm -hmm. it just is that you give it the attention that it is so it's like even if somebody uses this and maybe doesn't have these kinds of like energetic um facilitations with it. And it's solely based on like, I feel good using this. It helps me have deeper orgasms or something like that in itself is sacred. It's like, whatever it is, it's like, that's the beauty of it. It's just that it's so based on the
0: individual. And I could not agree more with that. I I don't know how many times I've said to a client, I've been like, do not get me wrong. Like I'm having you buy this for this specific practice. I'm like, it is one hell of a dildo. Like you're going to love it. You're going to freak out. Um, And just to like, to, to frame, like freeze frame what you just said about how anything, like the, the difference between sacred and non-sacred is like intentionality Mm -hmm. intent. And like presence, right. Mm -hmm. It's being fully there and fully in it. You know, and Joe, Joe and I talk about how like anal sex is one of the most sacred acts because it requires like, if you're done, done correctly in order for it to be pleasurable and to feel great for everybody you have to have so much attention and presence in your body and in your communication. Like it's one of the most intimate acts that you can do. And so people will laugh at me, but I'm like, I, I sincerely feel that like anal sex is a sacred act and I am, I'm here for it. Um, but I think we all want to kind of know, like, and we're working backwards and there was, there was no order. Let's be honest. So it doesn't matter. There's no backwards. (laughs) We're right where we are. Why? Why? why this, like why stones, why sex, why pleasure wands and eggs and stones that speak to specific chakras? Like where did that come from? How does that tie into your own journey of discovery and sexual healing and sexual expression? Like take us on, take us on the journey. Tell us, tell us everything.
2: Sure. Well, there's, there's definitely a lot. I feel, you know, that a lot of my, life led up to this point of aha moment of like using um crystals in this way but the most like immediate kind of um path that that led me there was it based on like this six-year relationship that I was in um with somebody who was six years older than me much more experienced um and I um I had this like fantasy in my mind, I wanted to have, um, you know, intercourse for the first time with somebody that I felt I was in love with. And um, so I was like holding this kind of like idea that my virginity, if you will, I don't know if I believe in that concept really anymore. Social
0: constructs, yeah. but yeah.
2: In, in the in the time, um, you know, I had this idea that I was holding that um really dearly to to me and um my partner at that time he was well aware of that and basically uh we he started having sex with me without my consent uh the nicest way i could put it and um I so wanted to hold on to that fantasy of like being in love the first time that I experienced that, that I, I remember like kind of shifting my idea and being like, okay, well, let me like fall in love with this person, which led me into the six year relationship with this person that was, you know, sexually toxic, emotionally toxic and all these things. And, um, I, I, to cope i think i completely cut myself off from my sexuality i thought i was going to love sex before i had sex i was like you know a very horny preteen and teenager i was like i so i was like really excited about that but like i think the experience you know caused me to shut off um from from that And uh, so I didn't enjoy it for six years. I was really being um, conditioned to just think that pleasure was for him and not for me. I was basically being used as his sex toy. And I don't really know what it was. I think it was like just this, this day I woke up and I'm like, oh, I'm like a quarter of my life done. you know, maybe more, I don't know. And I don't enjoy sex. And there was just something that like that I, I recalled being that horny teenager preteen. And I was like, I think that I want to, I should. And this was like a a birthright to me. It it was just something that like, I, I felt like I knew. And so that kind of set me on this path to to understand why I didn't enjoy it, why it felt very like cold and numb in my body. And I knew that it wasn't just based on like not being experienced, only being with one person. It had to do with me cutting myself off from myself. I broke up with that boyfriend. Um, I took a job at the Pleasure Chest, which was a adult store in LA. Um, and, you know, that was an amazing experience because I was around a lot of people who were very knowledgeable, very accepting about sexuality. I, you know, had access to every sex toy under the sun there and, um, At this time, I was also really getting back into like energy awareness and energy healing. I had a spiritual teacher come stay with me for a few months and we would get like crystals and like meditate with them. And I would carry these crystals to the pleasure chest. And, um, you know, I had this like. 40% discount or something. And I would like walk around and I would be like, well, that's interesting. That's interesting, but nothing really spoke to me. And it's because I wanted what I now realize is that I wanted not just like an orgasm. I needed to connect with myself. I needed to understand why I allowed my boundaries to be so weak that I let somebody, use me for so long. I needed to like reclaim myself in in many ways. And it was just one night when I was with that spiritual teacher friend and we were at this woman's house and she had a collection of crystals and some were like intricately carved. And I realized like you could carve crystals. And I like blurted out that would be a great, great sex toy. All these like spiritual people looked at me like I had three heads, but I sat in the corner (laughs) and the name came and came to my head. And it was like the crystals were speaking to me. And if I could like translate what they were saying, is that they wanted to be recognized for their ability to heal sexual trauma. And they would start with me. And I wanted to be a, I moved to LA from New York. I was going to be an actress, a singer, all these things. But this idea took hold of me so strongly. And at that time, this was in 2010, 2011. I looked online, there was nothing available like this at that time, nothing I could find easily, at least. And so from there, just a bunch of like steps happened to, to make this come into reality and, um, using it myself. That's why it's like, you know, again, it's like, there's so much education that I feel like I could could still offer, but I'm still learning from this. Once you step on this path, you don't get off, and you don't reach the end. It's just like I'm still learning from this. It's just something that like is ever evolving, and that's how it's been since that time.
1: I love how like the the journey of chakras. It's like it chose you, like what you said earlier before, yeah. of like the crystals choose you, and in yeah. this way, what you've explained and how these crystals were speaking to you, they chose you to like, provide this healing to the world and and to do it in in this particular way, which is like super beautiful and just incredible. And your story just, I just want to hold like a small, deep breath for this story and the versions of you that helped you arrive to where you are today, sitting in front of us because i i i mean being a a relationship and sex coach like both chris and i we hear these stories so much every day and you know it's part of my own story and it's just so beautiful that you've been able to take some pain and turn it really into a gift to the rest of the world so thank you for that
2: oh thank you yeah it's it's funny because yeah now by now it's like i've told this story so many times that it feels like I'm telling a story yeah. and I think that um it's you know, you know maybe it might be time for me to like reflect on how I how I tell the story or what mm-hmm. it really means or you know that that feels so long ago yeah and this like all happened and I think that now my relationship it's because it's like I I put out like a, a, an article or a blog recently where it was like a little guided meditation called, um, I healed that a meditation to recognize that which you've already healed because it's like, to me, it's like, this is almost the story it almost like doesn't have this emotional kind of like connection to
0: me anymore it feels like it you're telling there. a story about someone else because it's a story yeah. of a previous yeah. version of you that's not active anymore
2: yeah. yeah yeah it's like i did it's like i did heal that and it's like mm. the the relationship that i i had with that boyfriend that i that i spoke about there's there's no i can't there it's that like pain that i felt is so gone mm. And so it's like, when I retell it, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like I, uh, I almost want it to vanish, but it, it, Mm -hmm. but it, because it's, it's so, I don't feel attached to it emotionally anymore. Mm -hmm. So when I discuss it, it's such a uh, information based thing, but I know, like you said, so many people have this similar story and I do think that it helps for us to share our stories. But in my personal growth, I feel like I, you know, I wouldn't need to tell that story ever again if, if it wasn't helpful to others to, to learn it.
0: Well, and we're so grateful that you are, that you are, that you are telling that story for someone else. Do you mind if I bring some frames to it for someone who may be listening, who they recognize and the story is still very real for them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: A few things I heard when you were telling that story and I can tell, I can tell you've told it a lot and then it doesn't hold emotional charge anymore, which can be, Ooh, such a place of relief and empowerment when we've done that work and that feels so good. And I can see the listener who has had an experience like that, where they still feel like in their bones where maybe their pulse picked up, or they like started to hold their breath as you described, you know picturing and having this idea of how being initiated into womanhood and sexuality would be, and then having that taken from you and being violated in that way without your consent. And you even, you know, use, use specific words around, you know, I needed to figure out why my boundaries were so weak. And what I would say to the person listening who is feeling activated by that story is that what Vanessa experienced during that time and what you two may have experienced in a similar situation is a nervous system response. It's a trauma response. That's called fawning. Um, it's also appease, which is a social, it's a social nervous system response, which is slightly different. It does like link into parasympathetic and, you know, all of that, but just understanding that, you know, staying in relationship when you've experienced something like that, the mind is trying to make everything make sense. And the mind is trying to create story and attachment that offers safety to this outer body experience that never should have happened, that can't be rectified, that can't be reconciled in the body because it's too horrible. It's too much and it's too intense. And so instead of splitting, the mind says, okay, but like if I Say that I choose this relationship. And if I decide to love this person and I decide to give everything to this relationship, then maybe this won't one day be a story of something horrible that happened to me. Happen maybe this will be something that was terrible for a minute that actually like turned into something that was good. And that's how we survive.
2: Right.
0: And so I just want to make it really, really clear for the listener who may still be in this or may just now be recognizing that this is something that happened to you. You're not weak you don't have a boundary problem. Like you had a trauma response to trauma, to actual trauma. And so having compassion for that and also feeling seen and understood in this moment, as Vanessa is talking about, like this happened to her. And so for those of you who may have never told anyone your story, because it feels you can't make it make sense because it's someone you knew because it wasn't technically violent because it doesn't fit the frame of assault or rape or whatever we've been shown in media because it wasn't a stranger in a dark alley. Maybe you don't even know what to call it. Maybe you haven't even had the language for it. And so I just want to let you know that we see you and that your, your pain and the confusion and everything around that is valid and it matters And then also to turn you towards the hope that is in Vanessa's voice and in her body and in her presence and in her energy as she's sitting here across from us and talking about this story from a place of healing that she has found and from empowerment that she has found through the same avenue that she she was wounded, right? The reclaiming of the sexuality, the reclaiming of that expression and that power and that like erotic force. And that's what I would love to hear you talk to, um talk to now Vanessa would be like you you mention going through to reclaim that. Like what what did that look like in tangibles or snapshots or like yeah. can you get kind of gritty with that? Totally. And thank you so much
2: for that. Um and um so for me um what happened is that this whole journey um, started for me too. I had three chakras in rose quartz obsidian and um, white jasper and um, so I had like these prototypes and and uh, so I, had to move back to New York, long story short, and I had like $40 in my pocket and was living at, in my dad's house um, that he is like the front part of the house is his chiropractic office and the back part is an apartment, which I kind of like went to and settled in. And that was like teaching piano and trying to like just live um, at this time that I like had to move back to New York. And I had these prototypes of the shop rubs and um was excited to start my business but i was also in a depression and um i remember it was the obsidian that i first like really felt like this is the first one for me to use and um so really it's like the growth of my business and the um the expansion of like my sexuality with with chakras like very much so paralleled the entire time um so with the obsidian i uh i would i spent a lot of time with it in practice that's what like i call it. it's a practice with chakras you're practicing you're pleasuring yourself you're just feeling things out and um I went through a big purge, I think. So, whereas like this relationship that I had, like a lot of things were coming up, but it was also bringing up a lot of things from childhood. And the, you know, cause like the energy that we experience in in pain or like things that hurt us are, uh, they like recall, from like our childhood, same, similar energies. So like talking about like boundaries and feeling like, um, those, those boundaries were damaged or, you know, whatever it was like, I was recalling like times in my childhood when I felt like that times when I felt like ashamed for things. And there was like, you know, so it wasn't, always sexual based but it was like a lot of memories coming up for me a lot of things that felt like I needed to face and obsidian is that st- is a is a, a stone of like shadow work so obsidian used to be used as like a mirror but it's a black shiny mirror so it's like you're seeing like a shadow part of yourself so it's like literally for that it's literally pulling things up to the surface so you can look at them and be like oh that's something. Let me integrate this and not like shove it down. And so it was a lot of that was happening and um, a lot of crying. Like I said, I was like, a lot of people don't realize that when I, the first year that I was really starting Chakras, I was literally just doing one thing a day, whether it was like writing down a sentence of like what my intention was like with this or like calling legal zoom and being like, what do I do? (laughs) Like, like, and, and I think that, you know, I like to say that too, because like for anybody that's like wanting to maybe start a new venture or business or, or something, and they feel like they don't have the tools. It's like, just do like one little thing. It doesn't matter what it is. Just like consistency is the only thing. This was a slow, slow start to, to chakras, you know, to get to where I'm at. And, um, so I think the first phase was that, that was the idea of like purging a lot of things, looking at these things. It was just going deep into my subconscious and, and seeing like what, um, what I wasn't accepting about myself and so here I am forming this business called chakras which is all about you know sacred sexuality and I was feeling like it's all about self-love and all these things but something that was coming up for me a lot with working with the obsidian was that I had some like kinks if you want to call them or like fantasies that like you know a lot of people would be maybe fearful of like, you know, of like, you know, certain things. And so there was this, um, this place that I felt like, oh, I'm trying to do this company based on like self-love, self-acceptance and, um, you know, do things about self-worth and everything. And yet I'm imagining like being like chokeholded or like something like, like that, you know, and like that didn't fit for me, but that, was a whole thing that I had to realize that like we said earlier it's like a thing isn't sacred just because it like looks a certain way Mm -hmm. it's sacred because you give it that intention so it's Mm -hmm. like whatever it is that's what it's all about it's accepting everything of who you are and so it opened up my mind to to everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's just like and and that's what it is it's like my my sexual identity, my sexual journey is um, so indefinable to myself. It's very just moment by moment. I mentioned earlier, I'm a musician, like it's like jazz music. Mm-hmm. It's very much so, um, so sensual. Input. it's yeah. going along with whatever energy is in the moment. And my belief system is simply like listening to myself at every moment that I can recalling this place of self-love that I found I know is there even if like it gets lost day to day or I don't treat myself very nice for a day it's like I've come to this point where it's complete acceptance of everything I'm not putting any pressure on myself to be a certain way it is just what it is my sexual enlightenment is is not enlightened.
0: <laughs> it is just what it is. And I have
2: different lovers that I experience different things with and I still cry during sex sometimes and I'll still laugh during sex and I'll still not want to have sex for a few weeks or I'll you know and it is just what it is. And that's what I found is like so beautiful. Like I feel like a lot of times um a lot of influencers in the sphere of like sexuality, they want to present a an image of like being so over these, these things or like being able to engage in sexuality in a certain way. And to me, it's good if you find that and know that it's there, know what your pleasure potential is or be open to that you can experience that but that doesn't necessarily save you from like being a human and experiencing Mm -hmm. all the other side of it.
0: Yeah. Well, and nobody else should define their sexuality and their expression and their potential through someone else's pathway. Like that's not how it's supposed to work. Like people who come to Joe and I to heal their own relationship to sex and sexuality, they're not coming so that they can learn to engage in sexuality exactly like us. Like that's not the point of it. It's to find your own unique stream. And the other two things I'll say is if you want to see stars, have somebody choke you a little bit. And <laughs> <laughs> like so totally down with that. Um I actually don't remember what the other one was, but Joe, I saw I saw your cuz I you were talking about choking and I was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, <laughs> I, absolutely I'm down with some choking. Um I saw your your wheels turning a little bit as she was talking about how just just doing the work. oh, second thing. I'll be right back to it. Doing the work of Of the inner child Mm. healing and integration, and how that was coming up, because you've been working with your clients a lot lately on inner child integration into this journey. Like, did you have thoughts about that? Because I felt like stuff was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 what I loved about hearing this part and some of the things that I do with my clients is helping them to reclaim a sense of sexual innocence, one that has been lost, right? And to me, when I think about sexual innocence, this is the moment of time in your life as a child or as a baby where the adults around you are literally just celebrating you and your body and your expression and your curiosity and your need for wonder mm-hmm. and so it's beautiful to hear that insects for you you are bringing that into the context and bringing some awareness attention consciousness and sacredness to it to give it that love the compassion the healing and also the integration and I think what I loved hearing about that for you and for the rest of our audience listening to this is like, you can bring those parts to your sexuality and to your sexual expression and experience and find ways to integrate it or to at least just meet it. Yeah. Just to yeah. meet it there. And I'm going to share this and I don't know if this is, nope, not going to share that because I didn't have okay. some for it. <laughs> okay. Yep. <All> right. <laughs> there was just an experience that I with me and my mm-hmm. partner and I was like, oh, I would, love to share this cause it was just so beautiful, yeah. but I'm like, I didn't get consent. So I'm not well, gonna... a lot of what you <laughs> share <laughs> out,
2: so, yeah, is so like into, tu- in tune with like, with what we're talking about. And I, and I really do, do love that. And I feel like, um, what you just said about bringing that innocence, that childlike wonder was so beautiful. And I think that's a really difficult concept for people to, to grasp. And I think you do a really good job at oh, that. Thank think, you. Yeah. That.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's because culturally, and it it's such a weird paradox where culturally, because there's so much just, like perverseness and dark, like unhealthily expressed, like shadow, and all of these things that have led to the sexual violation and abuse of children. It's like we, as a culture and a society, we want to keep sex and sexuality as far away from our children as possible because we don't know how to healthily guide and integrate the human experience of sexuality and sex and pleasure and being our body with people that young. We don't we don't know how to do that, which is why our sex education is fucked up, which is why like the way that like all parents freak out when their kid hits a certain mm-hmm. age, like it's why that those, those things are still being handled very badly overall, especially in the United States. I'm going to say that. There are a lot of countries who are figured it out. We are still working on it. Yeah, but I think that th- that is what th- that's the invitation and something that we're both very passionate about and a lot of brilliant people in the field are very passionate about, which is teaching like the innocence piece Mm. is so important because it points to and it guides and it gives a boundary for appropriateness, right? Where it's like you can bring curiosity that doesn't have a sexual lens or context because they have never experienced any of that. So for them, those questions and those urges and those sensations and all that stuff, like none of it is sexual. It's just them experiencing it through sensory, sensory right. experience and curiosity yeah. and role play right. and all these things that are very um, developmentally normal. And so I think in working with the inner child stuff, Like there's always, anytime my inner child shows up, it's like a white flag that is, there's an indication for deeper safety, right? And so Mm -hmm. much of what we do in this healing work is returning to safety in our bodies and safety in our nervous system and safety in our relationships through boundaries and communication and all of this. And so integrating the child, bringing in the sense of awareness and attention and like, yes, I see you and I hear your needs and I'm here to support you and meet your needs in an appropriate way. So that as you grow and as you evolve, you have the power and like that, that grounded like sense of worth to express and come from in a way that is appropriate based on your age and where you're at, if that makes sense. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely yeah and that was the first yeah like to to kind of circle back that was the first kind of um information like downloads that i received from the obsidian from Mm. the first chakra that i worked with and i think that like um it's it's a really good first step for people that maybe have had certain trauma or just even without it, that need to like, kind of wipe the slate clean, so to speak Mm. of just like, let me look at all the things that I've not been looking at Mm. that inner child that like, that, that didn't get the apologies that didn't get like the, 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 um, the information of how to process emotion. Like that's what it is. And like, for me, all these things, like with, with sexuality, to me, it's a symbol (laughs) to Mm -hmm. me. That's why it's like a lot. I feel like when I'm talking about it, my sexual awakening or whatever it is, it's, it's not about, um, it is about sex but and to me, it's like, not. It, It's the <laughs> symbolicness of it. Like you were talking about anal before to me, that's mm-hmm. symbolic of something else. Yeah. So it's like, it's more for, for me, it's like, I see it as a philosophy. It's a po- poem, it's music, and mm-hmm. it's such a amazing, amazing symbol, sex and sexuality to look at these things in our psyche, these things that need healing, these things that need evolution and all these things to to develop ourselves um so that and with crystals it is crystals are another symbol and putting a crystal inside yourself is another symbol all these things are just it's like interpreting dreams you know and that's that's what it is to me (laughs)
1: Mm. if that makes sense oh (laughs) totally totally makes sense i mean it's funny i was thinking about my mind was with you but also my body was as you were talking about the black obsidian and mentioning white jasper that one time i sent you a dm and i was like oh my god i can't tell you about the most amazing sex i just had with myself yes. last night with yes. the viper <laughs> and the white jasper and i was like holy fuck and you're like what happened and i was like i don't know i awakened my senses in the entire experience as if yes. i was in my body and smelling for the first time and seeing for the first oh, time and Touching and feeling and hearing and holy fuck, I was like, I'm in the causes in ancient Egypt all at the same oh time right now.
0: You like hit, you hit the your body's like natural ecstasy channel. it oh, so was sure.
1: like, I was like, I'm clear like a fucking crystal right now. Like my whole body was. <sighs> so delightful
2: oh my god I love
1: that (laughs) I mean I just discovered white jasper for myself I mean I I ordered it recently and that has been a very different experience from my black obsidian from my amethyst and my rose quartz obviously and it's still one that I haven't been able to describe what it's doing to me or for me because it's Uh such a different Yeah. Yeah. It's such a different energy.
0: Well, talk to us about it, Vanessa, because I haven't, I haven't experienced white Jasper. I've used red Jasper, which is, you know, very central to sexuality and sexual health and sexual healing. So talk to me about white Jasper. What's, what's special about it?
2: White Jasper is connected with the heart chakra, but the higher, it's more of the higher heart chakra and it's um, more of your auric field uh than like specific points um it's a stone of a lot of what we're talking about of like that that innocence mm. it's this um shining light through it's like if you imagine working with the white jasper and having it inside you imagine like literally putting a light within you and having it having yourself like Mm -hmm. shine this light all around you shedding light though on what's already there and putting it in that lens of innocence really bringing you back to this place of um, of looking at yourself (laughs) like let me like try to Cause when I engage with it, it is like an out of body experience. Like, so I'm like looking at myself almost from the outside and it's like being, having like you being your own pet that you think is so adorable. So it's like, oh my God, like, look how cute you are. And just like that kind of like innocent love. So it's like, when you integrate that into yourself, you find that everything that you're doing has that same exact kind of like. Cute care and you know
0: like clarity um, of perception. self-perception.
1: Yeah. I love how you yeah. describe that yeah. because it's exactly, I mean, you know, when you fuck yourself with a viper <laughs> or the black obsidian pleasure wand, you have a different experience. And yeah. like after that, I'm yeah. usually like, oh, I feel wiped, <laughs> I'm grounded a bit, I'm <laughs> yeah. just okay. I got like, I need to sleep to
0: and then eat dark yeah, chocolate and then wrap sure. up in silk and put on a mask and go to sleep. Totally. <laughs> totally.
1: And with <laughs> yes. White Jasper, I remember I was like, holy fuck, I feel like the White Rabbit. I'm just going to bounce around. Yes. So yes. Good. Yes.
2: Fun and innocent. And <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. And that's. I think, um, yeah, there was another article I wrote about about this and like the image that came to my mind, I think the first time that I used it was like seeing this house. It was very much like Alice in Wonderland following the White Rabbit and like discovering like all these rooms and a house and it being like really curious and fun and um, and playful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yes, yeah, I need head that,
0: of the Jasper, I need to like try this. I need, <laughs> yeah, to try like, I need to take, I need to take some of that. I need to try
2: <laughs> and, and yeah, so every, every stone is definitely, it offers these different energies, but it's playing with our against, or in collaboration with our own energy, mm-hmm. you know? So like, of course my experience is going to be different than, than yours, but it does offer, I love when it, when you do, you know, when you have like, yeah, that's that stone. Like, that's what it is. That's what it feels like. It's like, it's so amazing to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and it sounds like it's a beautiful tool for light work. Whereas like obsidian, you know, is very, is shadow it's shadow work. Yeah. And this is like bringing in the sun, like bringing yeah. in the warmth and the light yeah. and the, and the levity. Yeah. Which balances that.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: That's amazing.
1: And it's funny. I'm like, what am I going to be buying after this conversation? Mm -hmm. Chakras right now. Just pull it up. Yeah, I
0: know. (laughs) We're scrolling while we talk. (laughs) I'm going to let
1: all of it choose me since it's birthday (laughs) month. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Let it choose. It's It's right. Oh my god! It's the second. What is the third? (laughs) It is your birthday month.
2: (gasps) (gasps) When is your birthday?
0: Twenty second. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up. Coming up. Well, I would love to know, Vanessa. Just kind of. This is the opportunity. Joe and I really like to create space for celebration and not even humble bragging, but like outright bragging about like <laughs> women and their success because we feel like we have to sandwich it between struggle because otherwise, you know, like culturally, we're not worthy of success without like so much fucking shit. And I think you you've been through your your fair share of shit. And I would love to open up the floor for straight bragging because shock rubs is not like a little, it's not like a little baby business anymore. (laughs) Like there much has happened since the days of you sharing your dad's apartment in the back of the chiropractic place and doing music and like, just trying to make ends meet and using your three prototypes. Like, could you give us a snapshot of what shock rubs is now? And the, just the, the depth and the, the sheer size of it, like. Yeah. I don't think people, if they've never heard of it, they don't know.
2: <laughs> well, we're definitely still a small business, which I do take pride in that I've, I, you know, there's no investors. There's none of that, that we've had. We, it's a, it's a small, small business. Um, we're small, but very mighty the team is incredible Um, that we have. Um, But yeah, I, started and now we're in like over maybe 770 stores worldwide um we have been featured in oprah magazine we were on conan we've been in like so many different magazines and Um, you know, a lot of press that has all like come to us. We've never really like gone out or hired like PR. So I love when it's just like literally have attracted all this press. Um, I wrote a book, Crystal Healing and Sacred Pleasure, which is all about the philosophy behind using crystals for healing sexual traumas and just engaging with sexual energy and crystal energy. I have um expanded our product line into the forest line and the shadow line um and i have new lines coming out soon and um i think what i'm really most proud of is like i said when i first moved to la i was going out to be an actress and a musician and then this kind of like took took me off into this um, different path, but I think that through doing this, not only the business and being now out of my dad's apartment, (laughs) I (laughs) have a house and we have an office, um, but I'm also able to dedicate time to that first love before that shit happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> now I can actually devote time to that love which is my music, singing, acting. I released an album recently called This is a Spell and yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, I mean all those things but and then I just I really love I love what I created in in terms of like just Yeah. Like I said, our team, it's small, but it's so amazing. And I, and I really like how we work. It's very feminine. (laughs) It's very like relaxed and everybody knows that they are the priority. It's, you know, it's like, yes, we're trying to like make sales and everything, but I think our priorities are really always in check. And I think like as much as we've grown and as m- many things have we've done to develop, I think that like just being okay with what we've done is something that I'm learning like after the pandemic and everything, and feeling like, oh, we're always like trying to like do more and more and more. I think like realizing like we'll grow as we should and we'll naturally grow as long as our foundation keeps being really strong. And so that's what I'm most proud of, I think.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I really love that. Like as somebody who has had multiple businesses in my lifetime, as somebody who's had experience of working in a startup and to hear and to also see you talk about your business and also honor the feminine in that and just the flow of it all. And then to just be a business owner, be like, we're, we're good. Like we are going to take our time with this. I know it's going to be around forever. Like the unwavering faith that you have about what you're doing is so incredibly inspiring. And I I know that this is going to be so inspiring for other people to hear, especially when they start trying to get things off the ground and things don't feel right. Just the permission to just let it be
2: yeah
1: just let the fucking thing be is like what I'm hearing from what you said and it's the biggest thing you're celebrating which is just so amazing
2: definitely like it feels good Yeah, like we're in a flow and there's there's moments throughout the day when I'm like on Instagram or something where I'm like oh maybe I should be doing this this or this or this or this or this it's like wait a sec the priority, like, and that's what I'm so lucky to have chosen chakras as like, or that it or chose, to have it
0: chose you, yeah. You, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Like, is that it is the it's self-love. That's the mm-hmm. message, that's the meaning of this entire brand. And so I have to continuously remind myself of that. I have to do that. So if I'm feeling out of sorts or misaligned with that message. Um it tells me because literally that's Mm -hmm. like on my branding. (laughs) So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, so and it might make it so that like I think that as a as a company, as a brand, I think we probably could could have been somewhere like completely different by now had I like taken more of like that approach of like getting getting investors and doing like all this and fusing the brand with like money or hiring like I don't know but so I think about that sometimes but what it what it's meant to be is this was a love letter to myself to mm. that person that went through that pain and the only way that I knew how to process that was to make sure that it did help other people in, in the process. Like, so doing this, it needs to continuously be something where I'm learning to give myself that self-love and then tell you how I did Mm -hmm. that so that other people can then do that. And yeah, it's again, it's about the people that work within chakra so much too. And, um, and it just like, I think people feel it you know I think that like our oh, we do. our audience mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I think our audience feels that it's like the priorities are in check mm-hmm. they are where they're supposed to be and it is like faith that whatever happens will will happen and if I don't feel like posting or if I don't feel like learning how to do TikTok which I <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or something you know Speaking like into the
0: fucking choir yeah right,
2: right. <laughs> we're like, like mm-hmm. oh yeah. man, like let's remember like this mm. is about like living it's like we have to remember and like one more little thing on that it's like this talking about like symbolism like arousal mm. to me is now a message to myself to remember to practice this stuff religiously so it's like my arousal is a message like there's a calling here that you need to remember whatever intention you've set recently with your chakras or something like that and um I think with spirituality it's so amazing more people identify as like spiritual rather than religious however religion is great because you practice your spirituality religiously Mm -hmm. and I think there is like this lack of kind of discipline with with new age spirituality. And so for me, my arousal, I know it's gonna come, come up. And that's again the reminder to to pray or to practice with the chakra. And that's like re-engaging me with my
0: spirituality. Well that's so hmm. I mean that's so fucking beautiful and like gives me chills. Like I feel mm-hmm. so activated and like Arouse. so much sensation. Very a lot of arousal <laughs> going on for me right now um, as well. And I think but I think something that's interesting what bounced back into my head is even as you were saying that, like practicing something religiously, I, I think it just brings us full circle back to that conversation about sacredness. It's like, mm-hmm. you can like the spirituality, if you create sacred container, if you create sacred ritual, ritual around it, bringing that attention and that presence, yeah. I mean, that that's how we stay engaged. And I mm-hmm. also, I just want to thank you and acknowledge you because as a, business owner and a creator and an entrepreneur and a woman and a leader you are embodying like what you're describing is embodied alignment as well as integrity and you know i had been even in uh listening to you respond to my question i was like reframing my question because what i did i didn't mean size when i talked about chakra rubs. what i mean is impact and significance yeah. It's like something that may not be like big in your mind. Like it might not be huge, but like the impact that that the message and the intention and the integrity that you've poured into that company is having an incredible impact. And it's something that I feel and that my clients feel and that Joe feels and that her clients feel and like on and on and on and on. And so I'm so grateful. And I want to thank you for that. Joe, do you have any other questions?
1: <clears throat> this is a completely random question. I always attack my shock <laughs> ch- uh in my carry-on usually because there's a lot more padding around it. Um, Have you ever experienced a situation in the airport yet where they like pull one out and they're just like, oh,
0: this is all the time.
1: Yeah. All the time. Like
0: that was inside of my body an hour ago. Yeah.
1: It's clean, guys. Don't worry.
0: I don't to. Like. <laughs> yeah.
2: no, <laughs> that does happen. We actually have that, I think, as like an FAQ on our website, like because um people will <laughs> always tag us, you know, like just got checked out TSA. Um they know
0: what it of is. Of course they do. They just want you to say it out loud. So the best thing you can do for you and somebody. them yeah. is have a straight face and tell them exactly what it is and what it's for and then tell them where they can get their own. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like the funny because like what I- What do you
0: think it is? Yeah. What do you think I, it is?
1: I like pack at least like two when I go traveling, especially if it's for a long duration of time. Yeah. And it's always in my larger luggage. And lately I've just been, you know, road tripping anyways. And so I'm always like, curious if like PSA pulls it out and they're just like,
2: what is this? Yeah, they will. I mean, if you have it, yeah, they, yeah.
1: they will. It's oh, amazing. Yeah.
0: That's part, of, that's part of the practice is you like claiming yeah. your pleasure in yeah. front definitely. of uh, a TSA officer. Definitely. For anyone
1: who's listening, if this ever happens to you, can you guys
0: please tag three of us just because oh, yeah. we yeah. want to be a part yeah. of that and celebrate. I'll tell you three. exactly and... what I say it's like Yeah. like, you hold it up and you're like, I'm healing my trauma and my wounds through <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Abracadabra bitch. <Yes.
2: laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Well, Vanessa, you are you are a masterpiece. Your your work is art. I we are all so truly grateful and I can't wait. If listeners have never if they somehow through Joe and I if we have failed them and they have not heard of Chakras yet, which I feel I feel like that's a slim chance honestly because we both talk about it fairly often but if this is the first time I'm so excited for them to experience it, like everything about it is so thoughtful from the packaging mm-hmm. to, you know, the, when you receive okay. it, I mean, you, you get that sense, so even if you bought it for yourself, you're like, I have given myself a gift and that mm-hmm. it starts the minute you receive the package. And I love that. And how can we, be really intentional in supporting you more? Like, what can we shout out? What's in the works? Like, what do, what can we link for you? Like, where oh, do you like people to engage? Like, tell us how we can just funnel the people. Oh, thank
2: people. you so much. I mean, you know, Instagram is, has been like where we, where like all of our, um, you know, promotion, I guess has been, but Instagram, I don't, I don't know what's going on with it. So if people like sign up for our newsletter or text messages, that is really great. And of course, like if people feel called to share their experiences, like online or with us in reviews and stuff, I just, Always love to hear, hear that and share it with others because that helps other people like this podcast that you're doing, you you know, like helps people realize that these conversations are okay to have, that people have shared in these experiences. So yeah, I mean, Instagram, we're at Chakrabs, our website, Chakrabs.com, newsletter, text, Anything. Uh, yes. we'll link,
0: we will link Maybe. that all in the show notes, as well as your book. Like, I yeah. really want to go pick up and read your book now. Yeah. So I'm excited to do that. And I wish um, you lived next
1: to me. I totally just walk know, over there and just walk go over and get one. <laughs> no, I
0: know. <laughs> as always, thanks for coming and uh, leaving and nothing uh, confidential. <laughs> That's the first time that I've used that sign off, even though it sounds like something we should have been doing always for this is the you second season. I've <laughs> never said that. I've literally never said that at the end of a show we just found it it, found, love- you. it, found, it found you it found it you leaving nothing confidential <laughs> oh, <laughs> da, play music oh my god I love it I love it so
2: much thank you so much for having me You're You're so thank you so wonderful and yeah oh let's god, we again
0: you. Oh, <laughs> we will <laughs> hey Thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon.